Hello, Dogalos, and welcome to the Documenteers Podcast, the podcast about documentaries, where each week myself and another candid enthusiast discuss a documentary as well as the topic of the documentary, and Herzog rate the shit out of it. God, I feel like I've had a cold like a hundred times in this 2019, but I gotta keep trucking on. For your sake, I am your favorite acquaintance, Bob Sham, and I hope you're having a very foolish April. No tricks in this, just a regular episode, really. Maybe I could have planned something cooler for the occasion, but now that I think about it, there is an annoying trick with this doc we're discussing. It's incredibly hard to find. Stuart ordered this film directly from the source, and I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Maybe if I went a more illicit route, I could have found it, but I didn't. We own it now. The movie we're discussing is about that guy who was at sporting events throughout the 80s and would carry a sign that said John 316 while wearing a rainbow-colored afro wig. His name was Roland Stewart, aka rock and rollin', and we delve into this insane and tragic life in Sam Green's offbeat underground documentary, Rainbow Man slash John 316. Sam Green's biggest film credit is a documentary he did called The Weather Underground, which he was nominated for an Academy Award. This film we're discussing is from 1997, and maybe someday Sam Green will throw it up for you to see. If you think this one is hard to find, we'll also be discussing two Sam Green-directed shorties episodes this month. And one of those will probably have most of its web presence from our podcast. It's about a train. Trains are starting to become tropes for our short documentary episodes. Next week on the podcast, Angela will be joining me. Angela has been doing a lot lately, and frankly, with Ginger having to take an indefinite leave of absence, not enough girl power on the show. I know I'll bring Lexi back at some point, but hopefully by the summer, we can add one more to the documenteer's repertoire. Next week, Angela and I discuss a documentary series I'm very curious to get to. It's gotten a moderate amount of buzz. Speaking of the 90s, next week stays very 90s as we discuss the Joshua Rofe-directed, Jordan Peele-produced Lorena. You might remember Lorena. Her last name used to be Bobbitt, and she cut her husband's dick off, which resulted in Jay Leno telling a variation of that same joke for 20 years. But it's about a lot more than penis severing, I'm sure. Stay 90s with us for that discussion next week on The Documenteers. Minimal clip credits. There's a lot of Yas and Yas Queen drops. Just like to shout out the YouTuber Iris, of whom I watched a video explaining the history of Yas Queen. Turns out everything young people are saying nowadays stems from LGBTQ drag queen culture. RuPaul's Drag Race is huge in this house, so I hear it a lot. Music clips in this episode. We play a snippet of the song, What If We All Stop Paying Taxes, by Sharon Jones of the Dap Kings. One of my favorite protest songs about spending money on war and not what the people need. Sharon Jones passed away a few years ago, and she is still greatly missed by very many people. One more song briefly heard is the tune Johnny Appleseed by Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros. Joe Strummer, of course, from The Clash, a band that means a lot to myself and many others. This song I came across just because Stuart randomly mentions the HBO show John from Cincinnati, a show that only lasted one season over 10 years ago. I can't even remember the context of why it was brought up, but the Joe Strummer song is the theme for that long-lost HBO show. I heard it, I liked it, so why not just play us out with it? Fight me if you don't like it. Anywho, let's get into this fun story, a rare one by Sam Green. Rainbow Man slash John 316. I don't know why I keep saying the slash. I could just say Rainbow Man John 316, but then I miss the slash. DocMaterialsPodcast.com and keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. His name is Roland Stewart. He seemed harmless, but apparently he wasn't. He is wanted, armed and dangerous, and the feds say he's got a hit list. Mr. Stewart, why did you do it? Why did you do it? Get the word out for Jesus Christ. We're living at the end of the age. Boom shakalaka. Remember NBA jams? Do you ever play that? No. If you made like a rad dunk, then the announcer would be like, boom shakalaka. I think the announcer might be Marv Albert. 
who was arrested for biting women. Biting women? Yeah, I think he bit some women. Well, that seems normal these days. Obvious hairpiece <laughs> and a woman biter. Who didn't bite women, it turns out? Not consensually. If you like getting bit consensually, more fucking power to you. Oh, yeah. You're right. He did bite women. Stuart, this movie we're talking about, you mentioned this movie months ago. You're like, have you ever heard this movie, man? Hey, dude. You put on your sunglasses. I was coming out of the doctor's office. And you're poking out your head out from behind some bushes, like, and you're like, "Hey, man!" Yeah, that's what I did. I Come that. here, dude. Yeah. And I was like, "Stuart, what are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. I was trying to tell you about this movie. I got like a bag of hemorrhoid cream in in my hands, and you're like, "What's in the bag, man? Can I snort it?" And I'm like, "It's probably not a good idea." Right. I'm a typical drug fiend. But you asked if I'd ever seen this film called Rainbow Man slash John three sixteen. I said no, but. What you're throwing at me, what you're spitting at me, sounds really interesting. Yeah. I went home on my little computer. I was like, search this. And I saw some setups about what it's about. Saw like a trailer. And I think it's got an IMDb page. But I did not see the movie streaming anywhere. Not even on iTunes. Or not your Amazon, even on iTunes. Or on your Amazon Primes or anything like, like that. Like the classic Jay Seinfeld bit. It wasn't even on iTunes. <laughs> but Rainbow oh, Man, yeah. if you were around at the late 70s, if you remember the late 70s or the oh, yeah. 80s oh, yeah. or the early 90s. Yeah, all those times. Rainbow Man. You know Rainbow Man. Family Dude, guy. He's in an episode of that. In a, in a rainbow colored afro wig. John 316. What is John? What's that? What does that mean? John 316. What does that mean? Sports teams win. No. What's the Bible verse? Uh, All sports win. Team go. Amen. Well, amen's, you got amen right. For God so loved the earth that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have, have eternal, eternal life. life. Yes, queen, yes, queen, yes, queen. Woo, woo. Like the episode of this podcast. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast and you believeth in us, you shall not perish, but have eternal life. Woo, woo. Doc 316. Yeah. I remember being a kid and watching and seeing this guy on TV from time to time. We all know him. He wears glasses, got a long beard mustache thing going on, rainbow afro wig. John 316 signs, making the okay sign like, hey, yeah, yeah. We all knew this guy. I feel like I saw a lot of parodies of people doing imitations of this, of this guy. There was like Simpsons jokes that were doing parodies of this guy, you know. Anything where you see someone out in a crowd holding a sign that says John 316, it all stems from this pioneer, this man who can do no wrong, Roland Stewart. The Rainbow Man. My name is Roland Stewart, which most people won't identify with. People, if you've watched sports over the last 14 years, I used to wear the rainbow wig on nationally televised sporting events, was known as Rock and Rollin'. After I was saved, I was known as John 316 because of the bedsheet signs that I hung in the stadiums. Best, best buds was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin 316, baby. Look up that Bible verse. Look up Austin 316. You think they ever met? Yeah, an In-N-Out burger. Hell yeah! The In-N-Out burger. Why the In-N-Out burger? Because Rollins was in uh, Austin, California? No, because In-N-Out burger has John 3.16 on the bottom of their cups. That's right. They have Bible verses on their shit. Because Jesus is from California. And as we all know, okay, it's confusing because Jesus is kind of like a, you know. A hippie? Yeah, like a creepy hippie kind of guy. And he doesn't want you to know where he is. Creepy how? Like he well, he's creeps always around, high, yeah, he's, he's always creeping, creepy crawly, kind of creeping. Creepy crawly. You go out down that house, do a creepy crawl. That's my yeah. Charles Manson impression. Yeah, so he's a little bit Manson. He's a little bit uh, rock and roll. We're talking about Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, JC, man, John from Cincinnati, you know, the HBO show. And then also, they were a family of surfers. And uh, it's a, I don't know, something there. I'm lost in the ocean. <laughs> I I got it. I got you at Stone Cold. Hell yeah! If Stone Cold met Roland, truly, he'd probably put the Stone Cold Stunner on him, shotgun a beer, and be like, Hell yeah! And Roland would be like, mm, You know, I used to drink a lot of beer. Now I 
roll up Pog's legs and blunts. Roll up Pog's legs, man. Pog's legs. Everyone loves Pog's, man. Back in the 70s, everyone was playing Pog's. We see Roland. This starts off with Roland getting arrested. Mr. Stewart, why did you do it? Why did you do it? Get the word out for Jesus Christ. We're living at the end of the age. Classic doc setup. Yeah. Start the end. Look at the end part. And then we go all the way back to the very beginning. And why did he do it? He said to get the word out for Jesus Christ. Duh, man. Why do you think I'm doing it? Christ, 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 Christ. I, I thought you were going to chant with me. No, he's just trying to get the word out uh, for Jesus Christ. I don't know what that really means. But Do you think John... I don't know what he's talking about. Is John working through us and we're working through Christ to serve John's purpose? We're kind of like a megaphone for what his what he's laying down in I this very him, episode. I keep thinking his name is John. It's Roland. <laughs> yeah, Roland Stewart. Roland, when he started this bit, it wasn't all about the Christianity. He just wanted attention because he was a TV fiend. This was made in 1997. It's got like a very 97 vibe to it. And I remember in the 90s, you'd hear people be like, that idiot box, man. You need to turn it off the TV, man. People don't really say yeah, that that yeah. much now. Now they're like, leave it on. Golden Age of Television, man. Leave Golden it on. Age, man. Let's binge. Let's binge shit, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> man, Roland should have waited until streaming platforms came along. What would Roland do with like a Twitter account right now? Dude, he would have killed it on Twitter. I bet he's, maybe prisoners have Twitter, man. Or a YouTube. I'm fast forward a little bit. Roland needs like a YouTube account. Is Dude. Roland Stewart still alive? I think so, man. He's still. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, ch- I'm gonna check on that. Yeah, check it. Yeah, he's still alive, man. He's seventy four. Hell yeah, rocking and rolling, still rocking from Spokane, Washington. That's right. Both parents were alcoholics. He was a very quiet kid, held a lot of it in. His father died at seven. His mother died in a house fire the same year his sister was strangled by her then boyfriend. So he's come from some fucked up shit. He also hand wrote an autobiography. Now, when you first meet Roland straight off, you see him that he's incarcerated. I'm not an expert by any means, and I'm not trying to put down anyone who suffers from this. We all know somebody with this condition. And I could be totally wrong, but I kind of thought Asperger's when I first saw the guy. It seems like Roland is driven by these singular focuses that he obsesses over. When he was younger, it was about drag racing and cutting up with the boys. But it seemed like that was just kind of what he thought he was yeah, supposed to do. stealing beers. Yeah, stealing. Kicking back. He was trying to make everyone think he was cool. He seemed cool. If you see the footage, you would have thought this guy was cool. Oh, even like, without the rainbow wig. Yeah. Which was obviously cool. Now we hear narration of Roland's handwritten autobiography. We hear a couple of different narrations. We hear a male's voice, maybe a Sam Green, I don't know, and a female's voice, like in certain parts. So he married his first love, and they had a daughter, And it, but they got married very young. My wife was too young and hadn't had a fling at life, so she started running around. I was possessive and lost my temper. I came home one day, and everything was gone. And it seemed like after she married Roland, she realized like how fine she was and was like, sorry, you're a little strange and I'm taking off. She took the duck kid with her and Roland, he sells his shop. He was selling a shop of like motor parts, car parts or something. Yeah, he was devastated by his wife leaving him. He, he moved, said he cried for two years. And he moves to a mountain in Washington. Yeah. yeah. And that's when he put down the beer, bruh. He started smoking that Wade. Wade. Became Wade. a full-time Wade-man. He started smoking that Wade, started growing that Wade. And you know what else he did? Living the California dream. And what, what he did was probably more addictive than smoking that Wade. Watching that TV. Watching that TV. Watching that TV. I watched Merv Griffin talk show and learn from the different stars, the ups and downs. So I studied the career of the Hollywood celebrity by watching the talk shows to hear the ins and outs. He was rolling up hog's legs. And watching that tie back. Watching all them Pog's legs. He likes shows like The Twilight Zone. That's one of my favorite classic shows as well. It's his favorite show. The style of this film, I don't want to say amateur. It has an underground vibe to it. It kind of has, there's something about it. It's not bad, but there's something about it that's that's interesting the way it's laid out. The choices are not too obvious, I feel like. Mm. Like you don't really know what you're going to see. Sometimes... We get these little montages and they pop up and you're not sure why that choice was made. Like we get a 70s montage that looks, it's probably the best 70s montage I feel like we've ever seen. 
Because what do you usually see in a 70s montage? Probably like the Son of Sam or some shit. Yeah. Or like uh, 20 images in Studio 54. In Sam Green's montage of the 70s, we get naked people in a hot tub. Uh, Elvis's <laughs> yeah. very swollen face. Like all, like a lot of weird, a lot of weird and interesting stuff. Yeah, it, it serves to define what I think he is trying to evoke with uh, the narrative, right? That it was a lost kind of decade, not was, just for Roland. The TV became the obsessive focus of Roland, and he starts to grow out a mustache to get the longest mustache record. This guy's got, he's got a Dr. Demento vibe to him. He kind of has that. I can see. He looks like that, yeah. Yeah, like people are going to be kind of <laughs> drawn to him in that way, you know, like. What is up with this guy? What has he got to say? And is he selling weed? And it turns out he was. And for a while, he was the <laughs> coolest guy to hang out with because he had all the bud, all the weed. It was while watching TV one day in 1976 that a light bulb went off over Roland's head. Watching TV, I saw that I could be seen going to nationally televised events and create a personality that would be internationally known using the satellite dish. Instead of going to Hollywood and waiting in casting lines for years, I would be world famous overnight. He starts crashing sporting events, and he went to the NBA Finals. A camera guy sees him in his rainbow-colored Afro wig, and he's like, Hey, man, you got any weed? Also, stay right there. I'm going to point my camera at you. Yep. And then uh, Roland... This was all part of his plan. And, he, and he's got, like, he's not full Bible yet. He's saying he's wearing shirts that no. say, Shake your face, D's nuts, shit like that. He said, uh, this is his quote now from his autobiography. It un remains unpublished. And handwritten. I saw that I could be seen going to nationally televised events and create a personality that would be internationally known. And so the next event he goes to is the 1977 World Series. He acknowledges that he's putting on a personality, like a character. And the goal of this character is to just obtain fame. Right. So I'm not saying Roland's a sociopath, but that's something that sociopaths gotta do. They just decide a moniker and envelop it. I don't think Roland's really like that, nor mm. am I equipped to really make those kind we of judgments. Yeah, we can't make that judgment, but he he does show a lot of the you know symptoms of sociopathic tendencies. I guess we all probably hit one or two, right? <laughs> if we go down the list. Yeah, but you can just see just in the interviews, like with uh, Sam Green, I assume, it's like just manic the entire time, it, how he's looking at the camera, explaining his position. Now, this is like present day, 97, but he seems like unable to have a perspective on his actions. Yeah. That's sociopathic, I think. He, he wants results based on these personalities that he seems to believe are an extension of him, but not directly him. I guess anyone normal... If anyone normal would do this, would just be like, oh, I'll just put on, it's just me in a rainbow wig dancing around at the 1977 World Series. But John's like, this, ha or Roland, I keep calling him fucking John, like his name is John 316. <laughs> yeah, dude. I guess people did call him that later. But he's behind home plate at the 77 World Series, and you see his rainbow afro wig, and he is starting to blow up. Where's this guy get the money to call it all these championship sports right. events? Yeah, yeah. But he, he, he keeps going, probably. And then we find out later why. Probably because he has a lot of money left from his family. Maybe, yeah. A lot of them have died. He sold his shop. He had money then. His sister, his mom and dad, his grandparents. And it's the same because he's talking about selling their property at one point. At this point, he's completely ignoring his daughter. So he's saving money by not taking care of her. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But his appearances begin to profit. And he never becomes a millionaire. It makes it a point to say that. But it does kind of cover the cost of his living. And he gets like on some Budweiser commercials. For all the people who make the sidelines are part of the show, this Bud's for you. And he kind of builds a personality. And let's say in this period of time, you don't really talk about in the film, but it's like a two year stretch where he's at peak celebrity. He's even parodied on. Uh, Saturday Night Live at the time by Christopher Walken. Classic parodist. Which, yeah, known for his parody. Well, he he was really great as a, a producer uh, for Blue Oyster Cult. What's the deal? Uh, are, are you sure that was sounding okay? I'll be honest, fellas, it was sounding great, but I could have used a little more cowbell. Right, which barely anyone remembers. Yeah. He, he had a, a phrase. Uh, yeah, we'll, I can't remember. We'll figure it out later. Somebody might remember. Now, Roland is actively looking for a special purpose. 
because he talks about this is now why would you get um why would you want to be famous Stuart? um well if i were to put myself in the head of a roland to be famous i don't know if being famous i wouldn't mind some modicum of fame i mean i'm making myself do a weekly podcast so i can't deny that i want some measure of notoriety i don't think i, I don't think i need it to be exploded but for super fame money and getting that dick rubbed oh but the thing is, Jeez. Roland, <laughs> from my wife. Right, 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 right. What if you were wearing like some kind of a toga or loincloth? Well, it's situation? interesting you say that. It was the Super Bowl in 1980 in Los Angeles at the Rose Bowl. I was wearing a fur loincloth that day, and the girls kept putting their hand down in my uh, underneath the loincloth, and uh, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of. Uh, it was great in a sense in that that was great in a uh, sexual thing, but to me it became, uh, it, there's got to be more to life than just this. Because he's like pretty famous at this point. That's so, what happens. You get sexually assaulted you, you get when sexually you become assaulted. a celebrity. And he's like, I guess this is the goal. I'm here. And after, I'm a celebrity. And after all these women like are like trying to give him a hand job, he thinks to himself, there's got to be more to life than just this. So Roland who is uh, his main influencer is the TV. He goes back. And it's important to point out that he was seeking a purpose before this. He was kind of setting himself up to kind of go down this way. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what happens a lot when people are in these spiritualized situations. A lot of people play it up like it's something random, but they're always there's always a personality that's predisposed to like find an answer. There's some people that just don't think there's an answer, like me. If there is one, why would anyone fucking tell me? Why would anything tell me? Oh, do you really need an answer? That's what I'm saying. Isn't it no. more about the question? Ask the question. Ask the question. Don't seek the answer. I, whenever anyone asks me a question, I just ask them a question. That's the best way to be in life. That's, a, a, that's a good way to piss people off. Too. No, it's great. It makes a lot of friends. <laughs> so he sees some bi a televangelist on TV talking about Bible end-time prophecy. And now, with his insights of current events as they relate to Bible prophecy, Dr. Charles Taylor. Greetings and welcome again to Today in Bible Prophecy. Those immense prophecies of the Bible that were written so long ago, thousands of years ago actually, back in the days of Moses and all the way on through, and they're coming to pass today just as God declared that they would be. And then suddenly, Roland, aka Rockin' Roland, is born again. He realized this is the calling. Comes back on TV, still going to sporting events, except this time he's got a new mission, and he becomes John 316. Hell yeah! Ooh. And that's pretty much most people who were around and remember those times. That's the Roland that sticks out the most in our minds. Yeah. The one that truly became, I mean, to his credit, he did become a fairly, fairly large cultural figure in what he did. Everyone, this is why it's crazy why it's so hard to find this movie because this guy, uh, people of a certain age, there's, they, everyone remembers this guy if you're of a certain age. Right, and I'm, you know, I used to see the shirts. Culturally significant. So what he does, and this is this shows how he probably gets into a lot of events as well. He hangs around parking lots of events until somebody buys him a ticket. Yeah. Which usually works. And he'd get in. He makes a statement about how... The world situation is pointing toward World War III. Christ will come back before my money will run out. We're living at the end of the age. As he goes to sleep in the back of his car. <laughs> he's like an end times <laughs> prophet, essentially. And he's sleeping in his car. Hell yeah! I kind of get the idea that he's not really uh, reading the Bible. He's watching the TV and hearing the guys talk about the Bible. Well, he's got, oh, maybe he's writing down the Bible verses they read. Yeah, and those guys, they just, they're just mad about Jesus. Yeah, they're pissed. You've seen him on TV. They're pissed at Jesus. They're pissed at us. Because Jesus... The Jesus TV headquarters is like 20 minutes from here. I mean, yeah, and, I, and we've been there. And let me tell you, they are pissed. They are mad. They and are they, mad. They are rich and they are mad. They're rich and mad. They're crazy mad about how pissed off they are. And their makeup is running. Tammy Faye, the days of Tammy Faye, when they were crying and sad about Jesus being dead, are over. They're pissed now that Jesus is dead. They are mad as hell. They're waiting for that asshole to come back alive, but he's not. Roland meets, That's what they always say. Roland meets a little lady by the name of Elsie Hawkridge. Doesn't mind sleeping in an uh, Oldsmobile or something. So she starts showing up with Roland wearing Mark 836 t-shirts. 
Have you looked up Mark 836? Uh, yeah, I did. And it means uh, I love going to sports events and sleeping with a rainbow wig, man. Something tells me that's not it. <laughs> Mark 836 is, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? <laughs> wow. This almost seems like a verse that you could direct at Roland. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because there's something he wants fame. He wants attention. He wants the world. And I think he's fame hungry, but he uses religion to deflect a lot of that guilt off of him. If yeah. he even feels guilt at all. Yeah. Guilt might not even be the right word. Weird. But isn't he trying to gain the whole world? You're Will right. he lose his soul? What's a soul? is a fucking soul you know like cartoon stink lines yeah i think a soul kind of looks like that that's your soul escaping you gotta close up your butts never close up your butt my butt is wide open all right roland ditches the wigs and he goes he goes deep into the end times at this point but the thing is when roland's not wearing the wig he looks like my father-in-law and no one cares what he's doing we see Elsie on The Price is Right. She's wearing like a John 316 shirt. Bob Barker comes out and he's like... And what is on her shirt, John 316? What does it? Uh, what is verse 316? She recites it from memory, like I did. Pretty impressive, huh? Yeah. And he says... Very nice. That is very nice. But I don't understand why she has it on her shirt in the front row of The Price is Right. A lot of people started to become very resentful of Roland. And this is interesting. Do you think it would be like this now? I think so. And in turn, people were getting resentful of Jesus at the time. They were like, I don't like this Jesus guy either. At the time, people were not so into him. Nowadays, I think people are more into him because you don't see Jesus everywhere on TV. Just think if you were watching... uh, What's your favorite Netflix show? Stranger Things. And all of a sudden, some guy's wearing a Bible shirt, and he's like, Jesus. John 316. Then everyone would start getting pissed. I don't know if that's my favorite Netflix show. I'll have to get back if to you they, on that. If, Just imagine you're watching British Bake Off show. I like that Daredevil. What if you're watching Daredevil show, and John 316 is showing up with a well, wig? Well, Daredevil wouldn't see it. He's well, blind. he wouldn't see it. That's how I'd get. That's how I'd get one over on him. But you know, Daredevil is a devout Catholic, so there's like a religious undertone to the whole show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like nowadays, you gotta like dig into it to find out. Oh, it's all about Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. Turns out you're rolling your eyes hard talking about Jesus. No, I think he's cool. I'm in. I'm saved. I'm born again. Wait, did you just get saved? Yeah, did you just, just bore. Did you just bore again? I, I just did just now. Wow, this movie. You're really- my. You're my witness. This movie really affected you. Well, I mean, I I read it. I read it. I heard, and, and I thought uh, Mark uh, 836 was, you know, sleep with Rainbow Man or whatever. <laughs> I thought it was, but now I realize. Oh, uh, hold up. Back up. What? Did you fuck the Rainbow Man, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what? Did you fuck the Rainbow Man? <laughs> what? Did that... you go get a conjugal visit? No spoil. Not to spoil what's going to happen. <laughs> uh What's that again? Conjugal? Look, we'll move on. I mean, I just like the way he looks. Hell yeah! This guy, he brings like a little... He's handsome. Yes, queen. Mini TV to sporting events to time just right when to unveil his John 316 signs. And people are getting fucking pissed off at him. Network heads are being like, I know people will break your fucking legs. Oh yeah, that's true. And he, well, he said that they said that. So I don't know if it's true, but... But there's trouble in Paradiso. Elsie. I don't like that. Elsie left Roland. Is that Latin? Go ahead. Elsie had left Roland. Love Rock and Roland? Rock and Roland? Roland Stewart? You know why Elsie left Roland? No. His wife leaves him, claiming he choked her after she held up her sign in the wrong spot at the World Series. Well, in those days, that was what was expected. But that just shows how singularly fucking obsessed Roland is with this mission of his. Roland has always been obsessed yeah. With getting in front of things. I'm he, sure he, there's a Bible verse about that. Hold he, the sign in the wrong place. You get choked. Choke, get choked out. I'll find the verse for the next episode. We do see a sign for Romans 623, which reads, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, 
yeah. <laughs> Did you hear me? The wages of sin is death. Death queen. The wages of sin. Look, if you want to sin, you're going to die. Death is like the monopoly money for sin. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Suddenly we see, remember that show Hard Copy? Tonight on Hard Copy. Yeah. The celebrity reporting show. They report that Rainbow Man is now a fugitive. This is interesting right here. Roland, as he states, says that at this time he created. I decided to create another character as I saw the shortness of time was coming to the end. I saw that if I was to create a backslidden Christian character, I had all these friends like Dr. Charles Taylor, who were Bible prophecy teachers who weren't being interviewed. I wanted to get the press to go to the Bible prophecy teacher and interview him. A backslidden Christian character. Remember how we talked about how he kind of projects characters to, yes. to kind of go out into the cameras? He creates a backslidden Christian character. He creates a character that is supposed to have once been a Christian and just violently rejects it. But it's like a put-on, according to Roland. He's not really like this. But what he's doing is that he's trying to... Apparently, he's planting bombs. I don't think anything... So, it's, they don't say this in the film, but it's stink bombs and smoke bombs. Oh, they're just stink bombs and smoke bombs? Yes. Sam Green made it sound like he was throwing around pipe bombs and shit. Dirty bombs. Yeah, he was going into Christian bookstores, lighting off st stink bombs. And what he was saying is that he's this is the message he was putting out there publicly to the media or whoever would listen. God thinks this stinks. <laughs> So he came up with his own verse. That would be uh, Rainbow Man 1-1. I mean, bomb scares at least. Terrorizing churches and Christian bookstores. We had a problem in our book section. And I went over there and it, to me, it looked like the, the place was on fire. There's just a lot of smoke coming from um, our Bible room. He's writing anti-Christian labels signed Antichrist. Why is he doing this? Because he wants people to react to this and then turn to the more Christian side of things in reaction to this extreme antichrist activity. You know what this reminds me of? You ever encounter extreme racists? Like Charles Manson tried to do this. Charles Manson expected there to be a war between the races. Sharon Tate's house and killed that poor hairdresser and killed Sharon Tate and uh, I think one or two other people. He was trying to, he was hoping to blame that on some black people to start the race war. This kind of reminds me of that. Roland is doing this antichrist character right. in hopes that the United States will all turn against this character and accept Christ all into their heart. And it worked. It did not. And mm -hmm. that, that plan, those kind of plans never work, we find out. And all that, ha but this is around the time, uh, what happened? Something happened, 97? Let's see what happened. Is this no, Heaven's wait, Gate? Get Heaven's Gate? Some, I don't know. We'll figure it out Did later. People cut their dicks off and killed themselves? <laughs> no. So this dude is homeless in L.A. They're looking for him. And he's preparing for the final presentation. They cannot find his ass. He talks about getting fed by the media. He's constantly watching television and constantly watching televangelist shit. He's writing letters that claim that Juan Carlos of Spain is the Antichrist. It's easy to say that Roland is losing his fucking mind. In the best way. I guess, uh, what better way would there be, I suppose? <laughs> yeah, publicly. I mean, we're obviously dealing with, like, at this point, some full-blown mental illness. It's sad. It really is sad. But uh, Roland went into his final phase of the plan, which seems very haphazard and clumsy. He picks up two day laborers posing as a contractor. They go to a hotel. There's a maid in the hotel room. Roland pulls a gun on the laborers and the maid. The laborers escape, and Roland barricades himself, takes the maid hostage, and he puts up Bible verse signs on the windows. Uh, one of those verses is uh, Peter... Three, nine, and ten. I'm assuming that's first Peter. Not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. That's mm -hmm. three nine. Three ten reads For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. 
queen, yes, queen, yes, queen. Wow. See, Roland wasn't. And I get this because I'm born again now. (laughs) Right. This is like old hat for you now. You're like practically bored with it. (laughs) Judging by the expression on your face. Yeah, I mean. Wouldn't you? You can't. It's just, that's what it's like for us Christians. We get bored. Yeah, you get bored easy when you're yeah. so full of Christ. Like, what else matters? <laughs> Let's dump toxic sludge into the rivers, because who fucking cares, right? Yeah, amen. Roland is in negotiations with the with the police in Los Angeles, and he demands he wants all network television access. He hears some funny dialogue between the police and Roland. I've watched the cops, you know, cop shows, and tried to get a handle on. Well, if that's if that's the case, then and you say you look at a lot of those real time experience uh, TV shows, then you ought to know that nobody ever wins in a situation like this. Probably my favorite part of this movie, really. Roland discusses. He talks about reality TV, these news program shows. He yeah, calls yeah. them reality TV. Now, here in the 21st century, we're deep into. There's a lot of reality TV out this there. This is uh, just you know the era of cops. A TV show, right? Yeah, cops. The the real world. You think he's watching the real world? The real world. You think he's wrong? I don't know if that like, hotel room has cable. Puck, get Puck. In oh, there. what Puck. about Pablo? Puck, stop dipping your finger in the peanut butter. That's fucking gross. You know, Puck's not vaccinated either. Is that true? <laughs> it's just an educated guess. <laughs> Nine hours later, there is no press. Like no press is coming. I think there's some local news outlets, but. Roland wants, like, all of the country centered on him. Roland, he starts to smoke a joint, probably a hog's leg, and he weeps. But then concussion grenades come into the room. The police storm in, and they arrest him. I'm not sure if the the maid had managed to escape. I hope she wasn't hurt in any of this. I might have missed it if she escaped or not. Well, Roland gets arrested, and he's very mentally stable, so I don't understand why he freaked out so much in the courtroom. Don't take me out, I said. God damn, he's loved the world. Forget them, Lord, when they know not what they're doing. They know not what they're doing, Lord. During the struggle, Paula Chan, the maid that Stewart held hostage in the hotel, left the courtroom in tears. Back inside, Stewart continues to struggle and quote scripture, even as a half dozen deputies carry him out a side door. They just need to all convert to Christ and everything will be fine. But Roland is sentenced and this is, I thought this was kind of extreme because, I mean, this is a mental illness. Maybe we weren't all as aware of it in the mid 90s. But the judge hands him down three life sentences. And he's not eligible for parole until 2002. What Roland did is very serious. He basically did kind of terrorize people of his own faith. Uh, well, the that charge was for, yeah, um, the hostage situation. Yeah, which... He later... He wasn't even, this doesn't even involve the stink bombs, smoke bombs. This is, that's entirely separate. He probably got shit for that later. That's another charge later on. Kidnapping and holding someone hostage at gunpoint is pretty goddamn serious. Uh, I, I, but I was just surprised that three life. The plea bargain he rejected. And that's what, that's right. He had 12 years. Rejecting a plea bargain. That's such a Roland thing to do. Hell yeah. He wanted to use the opportunity to talk about Jesus. We see Roland at the time of this film. 96 97 he's behind bars he's talking about how society is bigoted towards jesus christ as someone who's not religious whatsoever i have a hard time seeing that i mean i think most people claim to have an affection for jesus christ i guess it's just varying degrees of people doing anything about it yeah a lot of people were talking about how much they love jesus i've noticed you might be joking but i feel like their spiritualism is kind of on the rise yeah just like in the last week i've heard a lot of people to me say by the way i love jesus well you keep going into churches oh the other day you're like yeah yeah you yeah, came yeah. to my house you're like let's go to the golden corral yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and then you drove me to the fucking church oh uh, yeah and i was it. like dude this is a church and you're like just come on in they got a chocolate fountain in here first we got to feed the soul bobby yeah amen you can't feed your belly if you don't have a the other parts. Amen. And then you did the same thing to me the next day. 
yeah, yeah. The third day I should have known better, but like I still got in the car. Sunday, church. Monday, church. Tuesday. Threw a Bible on my lap. Was like, <laughs> read this if you know it's good for read you. Read this. Skip the boring parts. That's what I tell everyone. Read, read this. Skip. So usually it's like you read the first page and then flip through the rest. You were like, check this out. And you just started reading all the begats. It's like, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's really the beginning. And, it, and if you know, you're kind of right, you know, yeah. In the beginning, there's a lot of begat. Start with the begats. And then we get to the end days, which is my favorite part. Ooh. The end days. Now, the cool thing about the end days is it's all we're always on the precipice of the end days. And uh, if it, if the end days don't come, you know, just pr- make a prediction of when they're coming. And let's say, let's say just for the sake of this podcast, the end days are coming next month. Okay. From when we drop this episode. Right. And, and if you're May. listening to this later on, just take it from me. That even then, if it's still going, the earth that is, it's going to be over next month. <laughs> Man, these apocalyptic uh, uh, groups should stop putting dates on it. Just... I got an exact date for when the world's ending yeah. next month. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tax consequences, don't worry about them. Church ain't got to yeah, worry about them. don't pay taxes. Fuck it. Don't you worry about them. Just spend it while you got it. Uh, Jesus would have said, I don't know if it's in the Bible, but if he was around today, let's just, I'm going to, I'm going to riff on what he probably would have said. He would have said, spend it if you got it. Jesus 2019, Jesus 2020, spend it if you got every year. You know what? I hate to be controversial, but I think this this 2020 election, I'm going to vote for Jesus Christ. Right-hand candidate and just see which who's if he steps up that's a great way to find out if he's risen actually because i think he has risen he is risen if enough people vote for him he might come back if 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 it's you know what i'm gonna say jesus though that's all you gotta really think and let me take you to golden corral after this you got it now that's pretty much the end of the movie we uh end on an incarcerated uh roland Doing his classic uh, Rainbow Man mannerisms and his okays. All right, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming September 6th. We're living at the end of the age. All right, get saved. Get your heart with Jesus and have eternity in heaven, not in hell. That's my, I love that. That is a pretty good scene. He's got a winning personality. He created a great personality. No doubt. He did. It's just too, but what is his personality? I don't think we ever learned that. Because remember, he was a very quiet kid, very reserved. He was used to solitude. Who uh, knows what he is? I bet he was an asshole. You know what? It Maybe is. he was, yeah. He's probably an asshole. I bet he was an asshole. He is. He's still alive, right? Yeah. We clarified that. 74. And that's the film Rainbow Man slash John 316 by Sam Green. This film is very hard to find. Uh, maybe y'all should buy it. Yeah, like, if you're uh, interested in uh, the depths of mental illness and how uh, the media can affect the mentally uh, abject, mm-hmm. this is this is the movie for you. You know, the media is culpable. I think the media saturation has only quadrupled since then. Everyone was complaining about the media saturation then, and now we have even more cable networks, more than just CNN as for 24-hour news network. And social media, like regurgitating all these things and just kind of, and, and we've got this media society where it remembers what you say and what you look for on the internet. It's where you can be in a complete bubble, an echo chamber of only the things you want to hear or only the things that you enjoy being scared of. Right. If Roland never went to jail, he probably would have like lost it by this point. Yeah. And I, I mean, an individual like Roland Stewart gets exploited by the system in a certain way you have to look at that too and it's not it's not just that he was you know he did terrible things he clearly had a mental disorder that was never checked and probably is still unchecked and it's kind of a it's kind of a travesty that he's in jail and not in a mental institution really if you think about it that way yeah he probably shouldn't be in prison he should be in a mental facility for sure just read here that he was denied 
parole as recently as March 2010. His next review was to be in 2017. I see no in information on whether or not he was accepted or rejected. He might be rejected. The thing is, he has to show, in order to make parole, you have to show sympathy for what you're doing and right. or remorse. He's in a in a no-win situation because I think he'll never get past that the mental block. Every time he goes in front of a parole board, he's probably just throwing around Bible verses and telling everyone that they're living in the end times, which should be a sign that he should be in a mental facility, but he remains in prison. If you're mentally ill, religion is the worst thing for you, it seems like. It seems like, make no bones about it, I'm not, this, I'm not the kind of guy that thinks that if there was no religion that people wouldn't like still murder each other. I don't believe that. But man, if you're mentally ill, it seems like avoiding religion the best you can. I don't know how you would do it. It would be in the best interest of someone who, you know, has these kind of tendencies. I mean, he believed with all his heart and it led him to pointing a gun at, at, a, at a maid. She had to have been scared out of her fucking mind. It's not tragic to him. It's not wrong to him because in his mind, he was wrapped in this mission for Jesus Christ. And because of that, he'll never truly have regret. Religion will always be an excuse for him. The notion of a higher power will always justify everything he does, even if it contradicts the tenets of the very religion he is a proponent of. Hmm. How's that for some deep shit? Stuart! <laughs> <laughs> we don't rate... So humble. <laughs> we don't rate documentaries in a star rating scale. Did Jesus, uh, Mary, and Joseph, and no, it was the wise men. They followed the North Star to baby Jesus. It'd be better if they followed the North Hartzog. Maybe they would have learned some real shit, okay? Hell yeah! Mm -hmm. We rate movies in a Hertzog rating scale. You're going to give this one through five Hertzogs. I'm going to give this one through five Hertzogs. And then we will combine them like Roland Stewart in a clown Afro wig for best out of ten. Hurt songs. Stuart, what did you think of this very hard to find film by Sam Green, Rainbow Man slash John 316? I loved it. Give them all. You're going to give them all? Give them all. Give them all the Hurt songs. You're going to go full five on this? You know, I think it's a pretty uh, thought provoking, profound. Maybe, you know, you might say it doesn't follow all the conceptions you have about a, how a documentary should be. Sure constraints but a lot of those are kind of formulaic and fit a frame like a pattern that i don't think a film necessarily should so yeah. it does do a lot of it gets you to rethink about what we haven't learned in the current documentary movement what what is not being taken from a movie like john 316 all right yeah. dude i know you are particularly obsessed with this movie i mean you did buy it from sam green and what's twenty dollars I definitely hear what you're saying. I don't think it's a perfect film, but you do speak of what is interesting about the film. I mean, there's some things you can question, like what's up with the transitioning or the different narrations and stuff. But you're talking about like choices in this movie that are a little off, but they don't necessarily over abstract the movie. Right. Also, there's something comforting about the time of this movie. And I think we're old enough to understand the context of these times. And I think that helps us as viewers. But there's something very interesting because this guy was such a big thing in those times. Such an interesting figure that everyone recognized at those times. And there's something very comforting about this movie. Also, a very 90s documentary. Right. That really touches base on that. Like, it just kind of works together. And... The things that are odd about this documentary are, are just really interesting. And they just kind of lend it to how this strange, sordid tale of Roland Stewart. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go, um, this one is different. And this is kind of some underground shit, too. I'm going to give this one, I'm going to go shoot a little over the average and give it 3.75 hertz songs. Whoa, 3.75. And I'd be interested if people can find this, what they would think about it. I could see other ratings like being drastically up and down on this one you know yeah it's a it's a deep cut of a movie you don't hear it really talked about um but i think it is very important so you take your five hertz songs and you take my 3.75 hertz songs that comes out to 8.75 hertz songs wow that's that scored pretty high 
for Sam Green's Rainbow Man slash John 316. I don't know if I expected it to be that high, but you like this movie and that helped shoot it up. <laughs> I, I liked it too. I get what you're saying. And that's that. Some real underground shit, folks. <laughs> yeah, that's it, folks. Good luck watching this one. We'll try not to talk about movies that you'll never see in the future. But now we all know the story of Roland Stewart, Rainbow Man. People of a certain age know exactly what we're talking about. Now well, let's take off these rainbow clown wigs. I'm sweating like crazy. Amen. And take off that Bible. I'm wearing a full Bible. <laughs> and I refuse to take it off. I'll be cold. No, you're wearing a Bible bikini under your Bible coat. What's wrong with that? I see they're Gideon Bibles. You couldn't put a shell out a little more money. Or... Those are free. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your Gideon Bible bikini. Free clothing at all hotels. Oh, yeah. Well, check this out. Whoa. Book of Mormon Speedo. Yeah. Is that what the special underwear looks like? I'm so full of donuts. Uh, let's get out of here. Stuart, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 8.75 for Sam Green's Rainbow Man slash John 316. We love you. If you got mental issues, we wish you the best. Please get some help and keep on docking. Today's the day. You could die in an accident, your choice could be over. So we got to preach it like today's the day. Person on the yard could get shanked today and their choice would be over. Today's the day. So